journal viewing, you want to be asking, are bills included? Are there good transport links around? How's the Wi-Fi speed if you're going to be working from home? Ever felt like you're just winging your way through life, hoping you'll find the answers to life's important issues along the way? Hey, I'm Gabby Mendez, and this is my podcast, Talk Twenties. On this podcast, I'll be chatting to my friends and fellow 20-somethings on different topics that matter to you in your 20s. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Talk 20s podcast. So today I'm joined by Hannah from Hiber. Hiber is a brand new startup that aims to support first-time renters through their rental journey. Hannah is the co-founder and CEO, and today we're going to be chatting about all things to do with renting. So Hannah, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I think this is one that most 20-somethings can relate to because nearly all of us, you know, have had to rent somewhere before. And I've heard horror stories in the past of people who've had bad experiences, you know, they fell out with their housemate or they've never managed to get their deposit back. So I'm really excited to chat to you today about renting, how to kind of get it right, what, you know, what things to try and avoid, what to look out for. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit more about what you do with Hiber um, and why that came about. Yeah, sure. So I kind of thought it'd be good if I gave you my little pitch to begin with, because I'm doing a couple of like, um, entrepreneurial competitions right now. So I've got my little one minute pitch where I feel like nicely summarizes what we're doing and why we launched Hyper. So university was some of the best years of my life. And one hugely exciting aspect of this was moving out with friends. But I hated the process. I hated finding a house and I hated navigating the toxic tenant letting agent relationship. When I compared the experience to, it, to Airbnb, renting a house is part of the excitement of going away. So why did it need to be a different story with student rentals? There's 2.3 million students in the UK and 1.5 million of these students live away from home. That's a market worth 233 million in Bristol alone. A market that is missing a platform that students can rely on throughout the university careers. Hybe is an online marketplace for student accommodation that connects students directly to landlords, cutting out the letting agent. We automate the basic role of a letting agent so we can be up to 80% cheaper than our competitors. And so we can concentrate our resources on supporting our landlords and first time renters throughout their rental journey. And we basically just created it after hearing so many horror stories from all our friends um, and just kind of looking around and being like, why is this such an unenjoyable experience, even though university or, you know, being a young 20 or something is such a fun part of your life. Yeah, absolutely right. Like moving out should be fun. Like you should want to do it. Like if it's because you're moving to a new area, you want to move out from your mum and dad, you want your independence, you know, you want to move in with friends, like it should be an enjoyable experience and it shouldn't have to be hard because I found it really, really stressful because especially, so my first experience was that similar to, to what you guys do with, with university students. My first experience of renting was at university. So, you know, I guess the kind of halls of residence side of it was really simple or simpler because you know there was only a set amount of halls it was regulated by the university but even then I had some really really I had damp in my room in my in my first year and I had to battle with the university about getting these like standards like set and I got really ill because of it and it wasn't just standard freshers flu like seriously like I was like heaving and coughing and it, it just wasn't great and eventually I managed to 
write a really long letter and get them to move me into a different halls because, which meant I then moved away from all my friends I'd first moved in with, but it was kind of the only answer because I was getting really, really unwell. I mean, that just shows like why mental health is such an issue at university. Like the fact yeah. that it can happen to you, it happens to so many people. Um, yeah, and combination really affects your mental health, your mental well being. so it's so important. Yeah, what you're surrounded by, it definitely has an impact. And I, and I think I was also, you know, when you're, when you're in your early 20s, it's like compare and despair. And I just used to see all of my friends having the best time in their accommodations with all their friends. And they'd be like having like so much fun, having parties all the time. And I would just be like, oh, like I, if I go back to my room, it's like damp, cold, smells. Like my sheets used to just stink because it was just damp the whole time. And, you know, and it used to make me miserable. Like it, it wasn't in, an enjoyable experience. And then I guess moving out from from halls of residence and into uh, housing and accommodation was even harder because you've then got to choose who you want to live with. You then got to all go and see this house. And if you're living in big numbers, it can be difficult to, to navigate and stuff. Yeah. And then you also got the competition of when you're in university, it's pretty much a race. It's pretty much a race. And, and the other thing is you get to Christmas and it's like, who are you living with next year? And you're honestly talking about who you're going to live with in ja like January. Um, you're not moving in until July. And that can be really scary in the first couple of months because you might have made loads of friends. You might not have made loads of friends. Your friendships groups might change, but you then have to live with them the next year. So yeah. I think it's a really crazy experience renting. And for those people, you know, we're not just talking about university here. For those people who haven't been to university and have just, you know, stepped into the world of renting, um, just moving out from their parents, you know, if you if you're, if you get, went straight into the world of work or apprenticeships, I think it's equally as scary, you know. Yeah. We lived, like, when we graduated, we moved into a really small one-bed flat. And when it came to, like, the hottest summer of the year a couple of years ago, it was unbearable to be in that tiny little space mm -hmm. with just a really tiny little window, windows that open two centimetres. And we wanted so much doing to the flat because it was old, it was run down, the carpets were literally worn through. And we just wanted to make it our own. And we kind of bartered with our landlord to try and see if he would do that. And he was like, no, I'll have to put the prices up if we do that. And it just felt like we couldn't get it right. Um, and I think the whole process just needs to be simplified. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I just think that as yeah, exactly, even if you go from straight from school into moving out with friends, you just you don't know you don't understand what your rights are you don't know the process like and I think you it can be quite nerve wracking asking questions that you think are just like stupid questions yeah. to estate agents they feel like completely different to you so that's why we wanted to really like we like customer service is so important be really like kind and open and supportive to the young people that we work with and be like you can ask any questions like don't be afraid mm. like you what you can ask about what kind of blue tack to use on the wall like anything that you're normally nervous to talk to an estate agent about that's what we want to change the relationship definitely because that thing like you say about blue tack it seems like a silly like tiny little thing but it matters so much because we want our deposits back when we move out right so we don't really want to do everything wrong like we want to know what we can and can't do in order to be able to to make it a, yeah. an enjoyable experience and save money yeah. saving money is such a big thing and this, avoiding maintenance fines avoiding um, little arguments and disputes with the landlord, the letting agent, that's so important. So yeah, that's why we want to create like an open and friendly environment so that people can um, ask us any questions throughout rental. We don't just you know, find them accommodation and stop there and end the relationship. It's a relationship throughout their rental experience. 
Definitely. So say you're just on your beginning of your rental journey. Uh, what should you know before you start looking for a rental property? So firstly, who is a property managed by? So is it a private landlord? And if it is a private landlord, definitely ask to speak to current tenants and find out a bit like about what he or she is like, how strict they are about decorating the walls or deposit returns. Mm -hmm. And if it's a property manager, then look them up on Trustpilot, what have students said about them in the past, if they're like an estate agent called Bristol Diggs in Bristol, when the students have taken to the streets to protest against them, probably don't use them. Little yeah. things like that. And also, who lives next door? Are you going to have neighbours that are going to complain all the time if you're quite a loud group? And then, you know, boring bits like, are bills included? And if they're not, speak to the tenants. How much did they pay? You know, if you've got a bottom flat, is there security issues, damp problems? Um, and things like energy rating, something like that, you have to actually educate yourself on because if a property is rated A or B, you can make considerable savings throughout the year if rather than if one's rated D or E. And little things like that that you wouldn't know about unless you've got um, the kind of information on a, on a platform that's accessible to you. Definitely. So what kind of things should you be looking out for when you're actually seeing it in real life? So not just you've looked it up on the internet, you think it looks great. What should you really be looking out for? What questions should you be asking during a viewing? During a viewing, you want to be asking, you know, are bills included? Um, is it in a good location from your university? Are there good transport links around? How's the Wi-Fi speed if you're going to be working from home? Um, and if it's a really good, if you find a good location and a good, a good price, jump on it fast. Like these places go, like hidden gems go really fast off the market. So really try and get that offer in, especially to the student market before December, because these properties go really fast. But yeah, I think it's really important actually just to see um, not only what the property looks like, but like who manages it and who you're going to have a direct relationship if any something goes wrong. Those are like the really key questions to be asking. Mm -hmm, definitely. So when it comes to signing the contract and the kind of legal side of things, what what are we entitled to and what should we be looking out for? Because I think when, from my experience, getting handed a great big 15 page document full of words, I read through it, but I still don't really know what I'm looking at. So what should you be looking out for when you do get handed that great big like piece of paper and you're like, what am I signing my life away to here? So something that's quite interesting is that, again, this is especially with the student market, but this is also the same if you want to enter a contract with a couple of your friends once you're moving out um, from home. So if you sign the same contract as the same other people in your house, that means your contract is under joint and several liability. So in plain language, this means that you're responsible for your own individual rent, but also the collective rent of your own house. So that means that each student assumes full individual responsibility for everything in the tenancy, tenancy agreements, which is really important if you've got a house share or you're entering an agreement with someone that, you know, you don't really know from the group. Like you want to be careful, like who you're getting into bed with, like making sure that mm. these are people that you trust. That if something does go wrong, you will be held responsible for it, even if you've been the perfect tenant. So I think that's really important. Is there any way um, that you can avoid that? Can you sign your own contract or do you have to do it in a group? Most landlords, again, especially in the student market, um, will make you sign a joint and several liability um, contract because it's so much easier for them. Mm. Um, but I think if you're a young professional, you can definitely, especially if you're moving in from like a gum tree house or you know, something where you don't know the other tenants, I would really recommend making sure that the contract is just signed by you so yeah. you don't have these issues. Definitely, definitely. 
Um, and another thing that since the tenant fee ban of like 2019, there's been lots of different changes um, to legislation. So just looking into that and making sure that the contract is up to date and it doesn't have the old information in, which means that like you could charge tenants over a certain amount of money. For example, if you dropped out um, before you moved in, you before you could charge them over 50 pounds just because you know something maybe something had gone wrong even though that's ridiculous because you could just find someone to replace you very easily mm. so now they've got restrictions on that making sure you can't charge over 50 pounds and uh, really looking into the tenants rights so it's much more it's a much fairer system right now so making sure that the contract's up to date since the 2019 um ban yeah definitely so when you start moving into your house there's a couple of things that you obviously need to do as soon as you move in so tell us what they are and what we need to know so make sure you're happy with the inventory so the inventory records the condition of the property and what comes with the flat like a washing machine for example so go through though this is boring and you're every time you move into a new place you're so excited you just want yeah. to have a house party or just enjoy yourself but make sure you note down any scratch dent hole in the wall carpet anything you see take a picture of it and a picture should show the date as well so that if anything goes wrong later on you can say actually look this wall on the date the first of september when i moved in didn't have a scratch um or i did have a scratch sorry so you can't charge me for that scratch it was already there from the previous tenants yeah. and then check you have a gas safety certificate landlords are legally required to have a gas safety certificate um, and it should be renewed every 12 months, little things like that, or sort out your utilities, reading gas and electricity meters, shop around for cheaper energy deals, um, and apply to be exempt from paying council taxes. This is if you're a student or if you're part-time in a college or anything like yeah. that, you don't have to pay council taxes. So definitely don't, don't do that if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and register to vote. If you've got a new property, you change address, register to vote, really Absolutely. important. And decorate your new place. And yeah, again, white tack over blue tack. <laughs> white tack over blue tack. I love that. I love that. What so what's your go-to when you were decorating your uni house? What did you what did you use? Like mine was like pictures and posters. My university used to have like this big fair at like the beginning of the year and you could get any poster that you wanted in like your whole life and it used to just be all out on the courts and you used to be able to go and like choose whatever you wanted and I bought loads in first year like there wasn't a blank space on my wall and then I put tons of photos up what did your uni room look like I love like a little knickknack I love little random little items that you buy in like a random vintage fair that doesn't really like doesn't really have purpose I love that kind of stuff so I'd always be decorated around my room and just getting and my mum has like so many different fabrics so I used to grab all different fabrics from home and just kind of string it all around the room to make it feel homely yeah, so, yeah definitely because I think when you move into like you know most kind of shared accommodation or, or rental property quite often there isn't much character to the room so you've really got to yeah. bring that yourself haven't you so definitely i love that now we're kind of probably getting on to the i think the trickier side of things i think it's it's once you move in you're just you're overwhelmed with the excitement of moving out or moving in with new people and it's all very exciting but i think when you move out there it's it's more stressful because you might be moving somewhere else or you might be changing jobs but you know and that is obviously really exciting and you want to move out of there but there's definitely paperwork to clear up walls to paint things to sort out as soon as you move out and i think it can feel like quite a drag me personally you've got to clean everywhere what's your yeah. opinion of moving out like what's your experience um well actually one quite funny thing so my, myself and my co-founder pablo 
um, we were actually, so we lived together in third year and our housemates they just happened to, you know, have a holiday booked in early or something. Yeah. They all ditched us and we had to spend two days deep cleaning the entire flat, like on our hands and knees. Like it was so hot. It was during like, they were one of like the hottest days of the year. And I remember just like having yeah, a pretty tough time. And then the lesson agent came to us, inspect after we'd spent so many hours deep cleaning this place. And he literally just like put his finger along the surfaces and was like, there's so much dust. Like, of course, that every time you clean it, the dust would just come back. Yeah. It's a never-ending uh, moment, whatever. But, um, yeah, so my advice would be little things like take the rubbish out. You get fined sometimes if you if you leave the rubbish. Take pictures of the property to protect yourself in case the letting issue or landlord claims you damage something, like I said yeah. before. Um, so you can compare it against inventory. That's really, really important. Don't leave bills unpaid. Again, you can get charged interest on that. Communicate your departure with utility providers. Return the yeah. keys, a stupid fine for returning if you don't return keys. And yeah, deep clean the place. There's no point losing £100 for being lazy. Just get get yourself all together, your group yeah. together, and everyone take on a bedroom, a room. Um, and yeah, remove posters and leave a forwarding address. You know, just it's right annoying if your poster's being sent there. It's something that's actually you kind of forget to do, and then you buy something online and it just sent your old address. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Trading. When you say leave a forwarding address, do you just write it on a piece of paper and leave it in the property for people to, to know about or do you leave it with the landlord? How do you how do you leave a forwarding address? Because actually that's something I, I even forgot when I moved into this place. Yeah, I think just contact the landlords and let them know. And I haven't had any posts from my old property, but I'm certain there's got to be a couple of things that I forgot and I forgot to tell them that I've moved and stuff. So they're probably definitely getting posts for me. And when I was living in my, my flat, like I found out that the, there was a guy that was living in there previously. We used to live on the top, top floor. And there was no escalator. So he just, you know, he was a bit getting a bit older, lack, like losing mobility. So he wanted to move to, this, to the same complex of flats, but he just wanted to move to a ground floor flat. So actually we found out that he was literally just on a ground floor flat. So when we were getting so much post for him, we could easily find out and give it to him. Whereas like, I'm certain there's posts floating around in the air that has my name on it that is never gonna make it to me. But if it's not that important, I'm okay with it. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm not bills, trying to avoid yeah. bills, but yeah, I'm all right with it. But yeah, something to look into for all of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So we chatted at the beginning about absolute horror stories of, of people in flats and, and rented accommodation and stuff like that. Have you got any like that you've heard of that you want to share that people have told you or your own experiences of renting? Yeah, so beginning of when I was trying to decide whether to really launch Hyber, um, kind of get collecting students' point of views on, on the business idea, I would just stand outside the Bristol SU and just interview students. And some of the stories people would say like so casually, but like one girl told me that she moved, she literally, this is happening at, like while we were speaking. She's like, yeah, I moved into my new property. Um, but you know, like there was, they didn't have the roof. The roof wasn't on properly. I was like, sorry, what? She was like, yeah, you know, the roof wasn't on to the water. It was really, really wet. And it was like, the water was coming through the house. And like, she was like, it's really affecting like be my eczema or something. I was like, this is not okay. Like surely- There was no roof. But there was no, the roof wasn't fit, fit on properly. Oh my gosh. They finished the construction work and they'd all moved in and their stuff was just getting soaked. They were having to stay like at a friend's place, but all their stuff was there. And she discussed, like, discussed just like, yeah, walking through, not just damp, but like general flooding in the house. Guys, if you could see my face right now, I know you can't because it's a podcast, but honestly, my face, my jaw is dropped. How can you move in somewhere where the roof isn't there properly? That's, I mean, that's a horror story if you ever, ever I heard one, like, 
Oh my gosh. And then there was another funny one about um about someone who didn't realise that the basically the landlord had kind of moved into one of the bottom the bottom like rooms without them like it was an empty room and the land they didn't know who it was it was just kind of this older guy living there and it was the landlord living in their house and they didn't and they weren't told and they weren't told oh my and goodness and i've funny stories about people coming back all like chilling in the and like hungover on sunday and the landlord or net agent just coming into the house really casually and like throwing not giving them the kitchen and they're like who is that person? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that is not okay, is it? Definitely not. Well, anyone who's listening right now, me and Hannah would absolutely love to hear your horror stories and successful stories, but mainly your horror stories of renting. So if you have got a story about renting, please, please, please share it with us and tag us in your post as well. Um, because we'd love to share them on our on our stories and get them out there because this is like not okay. And this is exactly why the likes of Hyber have, have set themselves up so that this is not you know, something that us 20-somethings have to put up with because it shouldn't be, it's not okay. Just because we're young and it's the first time that we're renting or stepping out away from home doesn't mean we have to put up with this shit, quite frankly. <laughs> I will put a little explicit thing on the, the podcast to say that I swear in it, but it's needed, it's needed. <laughs> so thank you so much, Hannah, for that chat about, about renting because I think, like, if I had listened to this podcast before I started renting, it would have helped me an absolute ton because... I don't think that they teach this stuff in school. I mean, no one ever does a lesson on, you know, here's some advice on how you should do and go about renting. It's just not taught. So you're just like out there winging it, hoping for the best. And quite often crazy stuff like this happens and you're like, well, like, how did I let this happen to me? And you kind of, for many people, I bet, you know, some people can talk about it quite casually, but I think a lot of people, it can really affect their mental health. Like you were saying, like, if you don't get it right, it has more of an impact than, than you sometimes think and realise, don't you think? Like this is the first time you're dealing with big amount of money and you don't want to just be giving away through fines or mistakes when you didn't even really know that that was like the case in the first place. You didn't even know, understand your rights. So like, please, yeah, if anyone does have any questions about deposits or student, especially the student rental market, please get in touch with Hyper and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Definitely, definitely. So Hannah, you are, how old are you? 20? 23. 23. So obviously you have three years of your 20s right now and obviously congratulations on launching a business so early on in your 20s that's super super exciting but have you had any like might have been from like moving out and going to university but any kind of big adulting disasters or have you got a funny story to tell us and you're like oh my god like what on earth um so a really rogue one is anyone i can think of but um so one of my first real like work experience was actually in this e-commerce company in Kenya, Nairobi. Wow. And I was so out of my depth. I was working in the customer experience um, team. And I was getting, basically, I was a person who was on the other end of the phone when you were really pissed off and you were really angry. Like this one guy had ordered a fridge and a hammer had arrived instead. So yeah. I was getting yelled at in Swahili um, for like, like the go between English and Swahili. And I was literally like, what am I doing? I literally was just turned 20. And I was like, this is, I can't deal with this. I remember going to the bathroom, like crying, being like, oh my God, this is very stressful. Um, but anyway, we ended up getting quite good at, you know, just calming people down, finding a solution. But one, a couple of times quite funny because people would call me up um, when their sex toys weren't working. <gasps> and I'd have to, they're really angry customers. And I'd have to like talk them through, like, have you tried the batteries? Have you get a little bit on the side of the, on the wall to try and get that 
a baby is starting again. Um, so that was quite amusing. Oh was my goodness. So was it just like an God. Amazon or something like that? Like something that sold obviously loads of different things and you, oh, yeah, yeah. as if someone would <laughs> ring up for customer service on that. I'd be too embarrassed. Like, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, I'd definitely would really serious about it and like really pissed off. Yeah. Like, I'm really sorry that your isn't working. But. Yeah. Oh my God. That is awful. Is there anything that holds you back in life at all, Hannah? Like, is there something that you're trying to like work through at the moment? Something that you think like, I want to improve on in my 20s. It's something that I'm looking to do because I feel like, you know, we're never all perfect. We're always trying to change and improve on something. Yeah, well, I feel like self-doubt is a real issue um, for most girls our age. And I think especially um, in the workplace, like a lot of times like girls are putting themselves forward for promotions, girls like not backing their skills enough unless they have all the qualifications necessary. They will never think they're good enough for the job. So I think I definitely like I definitely like, suffer from those issues. Yeah. Um, like when I first started Hyper, I would sit in front of the phone for like so long and have to force myself to make the first sales call of the day because I was so petrified, petrified of failure. And like, mm. I just didn't have that when my male friends or my male co-founder just didn't have like struggle with those issues as much. So I think, I think launching Hyper has actually really helped me because I've had to make big decisions all the time and I've actually had to like rely on myself and believe myself a bit more. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to not let that get in the way and stopping you putting yourself forward, which is a thing that I think is very prominent amongst 20 something girls. I wonder where you like find your inspiration from. Like, was there a particular reason why you started Hyber? Did you feel inspired by something in particular or do you get inspiration from lots of different things? I think I definitely get inspiration from a lot of different things and I've like always been quite... Like I always want, I was always trying to find like my my niche or something that I do to make me feel really passionate about um, about something. And the idea of starting Hyber like got, got me really excited. And I think that the inspired thing, probably my sister-in-law, because she started her own business, um, and while having you know being pregnant and giving birth and raising a baby. So I think yeah, that was like really inspirational to see her go through. It. I think it made it much more attainable and something that I felt like I I could actually do because yeah. when you hear of starting a business, everyone's like how do you know what to do like where do you start but I think once you see someone someone close to you do it you're like oh, okay actually I can do this it's, yeah it doesn't seem as like terrifying anymore definitely um, so yeah definitely to my sister-in-law definitely you know it's always good to have people who've done what you're trying to do around you to yeah. be able to guide you in the right direction I've got a really good friend Stacey and you know she I, I go to her about literally everything I'm like you know, yeah. what do I do with terms and conditions on my website? What do I do about setting up, you know, um, a PayPal business account? Like, what do I do about yeah. this? And how do I do my accounts and stuff? And literally having that one person there that will just give you the time and, and you know, the space. Yeah. It's it's great, isn't it? And it's so needed when you're going through it the first time. And I'm sure that when we get a little bit older, someone might look up to us and might ask us the same questions and we would want to help them do the same. So, so yeah, definitely. So I know it's only three years ago, but I'd love to know what one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Um, so at 20 or kind of 21, I was furiously applying for consultancy grad schemes, applying for everything under the sun. Like my self-worth rested on getting one of these top grad scheme programs. I was even like applying to things like maybe read the bio. So I applied to be a consultant at a construction firm and I tried, applied to be a technology consultant. I can't even turn a computer on properly. Like it was really ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so I would just tell myself to relax a little bit, you know, things will work out and not to be like really cringe, but um, you are, we're so young at 20, like yeah. we're so young, the whole 20s and the whole life to figure out what we want to do with our lives. So like, don't be so hard on yourself and put so much pressure on. 
Um, and yeah, read read the description of grad schemes before you apply to them. That's pretty important. <laughs> well then guys, that is your tip for the day. Read the description of any job you apply for because otherwise it could end, end in tears. But thank you so much, Hannah. It's been so good to chat with you about, you know, renting, um, the highs and lows and also some really like key tips in there to actually be able to get it right and make it a bit more of an enjoyable experience and less stressful because it is one of those things that many of us do for the first time in our 20s so thank you so much um, and you can find um, Hybel on Instagram at hybr.uk so thank you so much Hannah it's been great chatting to you and I'm sure when people are next looking for their rental property they will be thinking of you and Hybel thanks so much thanks for having me If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please let us know by sharing a picture on social media and tagging us too. We are at Talk20s on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. We can't wait to hear from you. Psst. Have you taken a look at the Talk20s print shop yet? What are you waiting for? If you're looking for an extra bit of motivation, why not get yourself a couple of our positive and colorful prints that we sell in our online shop? As a loyal follower of the podcast, we're giving you 20% off your first order. Just head to www.talk20s.com forward slash shop and use the code podcast20 to claim your discount.